We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. And I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Give me some love and thunder. I don't know why I did that, but there is a film that we're going to be talking about called Thor, Love and Thunder. There's a theme. So I thought I'd... There there was a love song beforehand. Yes. And there's possibly going to be some thunder this weekend. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But um, um, yeah, you are listening to Unscripted, the film show. You probably gathered that when we introduced the show like that and didn't come on professionally because it's <laughs> not a professional show. What's uh, this show? It's not very professional. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Unscripted. It's, it's I know what one. I'm listening it's to. One. Yep, I know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I apologise in advance because... Uh, <coughs> I wasn't here last week. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm he laughing. He was a sicko last week and he's um, yeah. he's still coughing a little bit. Twas, twas not pi- uh, spicy cough. No, no, it was not spicy cough. But uh, they did remove some of his brain cells yeah. in the process. It was not spicy cough. It was, uh, well, th- this is the thing. Whenever you get sick and you go to the pharmacist and say, look, I think it's a cold or a flu, they're such, you know, uppity people and just go, look, if it was a flu, you would <laughs> <laughs> You'd be able to, you wouldn't Stop. be able to get They're anything like, it's out. man flu, get over it, come on. Yeah, stumbling over my words. You wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And it's like, if that's the case, I've never had a flu in my life because, mm. like, generally speaking, I get sick, but I still get up and still do stuff. So yep. if anyone, have you ever had a flu? Like, <gasps> I have had a flu. I've had a virus, I've had a flu, and I've had the cold. So I've, I've had, had a flu, I think, once or maybe twice. Mm. Once definitely when I was in high school, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. So, so I've um, been yeah. hospitalised once for virus because I got oh, really? so dehydrated. But mm. um, yeah, so that's how I knew it was It was not a cold. It was something more sinister. And and more sinister. <laughs> something sinister as a foot. So you get the common cold, which is fairly common because I've had that quite a bit. <laughs> it's very common. Yeah. And then you get the, the flu, which everyone like panics about and we mm. get all these jabs for every year. Mm. But how many people actually get the flu? Like really? Well, it's hard to determine. It is hard to decipher because everyone's kind of thre- pain thresholds a little bit different, as well. So some people might gen like they might genuinely genuinely think that they have the flu because they're so ill. But I think I don't know. And then they just have I don't know. I always get really sick when I get sick. But but do you get like achy legs? Yeah, and I'm fever? always achy, feverish, oh, feverish, feverish. Um, and I always feel like I'm. But for me, I think it's because I don't actually ever take a day off when I'm sick. I just keep going, and yes. it makes it worse. But I realised recently with this whole COVID thing, I got the cold, a couple of or a flu or whatever it was. I had the achy legs and whatnot. Um, last year and I was forced to go home. They're like, no, you have to go home. And I actually got over it very quickly because it, mm. I rested. So Yeah, I my workplace um, makes you take sick leave when you're genuinely sick. Mm. And they're like, no, I don't think you're well enough to work. Go, go rest. And because of that, I get better. Quicker. Quicker yeah. because I don't feel pressured to work. They're like, no, no, we've got it covered. Go yeah. rest. So when they say rest, does that mean you can go home and watch TV or does that mean you've got to go to bed? I Going home and watching TV is the same because yeah. like, you're just yeah. you're chilling on the couch. You're not doing anything mentally taxing or, 
you yeah. know. I find it difficult to stay awake when I'm sick anyway. I always just want to sleep, but I don't know. That's I want to, I want to sleep all the time anyway. So yes. I, I did sleep a lot because I, <laughs> I went to bed at eight and got up at six or seven. And so oh, that's, that's my a, normal that's routine. A, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of sleep for me because I usually go to bed at ten and get up at five. So... <laughs> Mm. Anyway, I probably should introduce us. We yeah. are Unscripted, the film show. Lewis is the man with the cough. Um, Rachel, yep. you're across from me. I am. And, and I'm Cecilia. Um, yeah, and we've got tons to talk about tonight. We do. He have films. seen a lot of stuff. Obviously, at the top of the show, you mentioned Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. which is the new Thor movie. And is that actually available on Disney Plus? No, 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 no. Ah. This is in cinemas only. Right. Um, and then you both saw a movie called The Villa and then Sundown as mm. well. And uh, Cecilia, you saw Compartment 6. Compartment 6, uh, a new film And I've well. just seen um, a bunch of TV shows because that seems to be all I have time for at the moment. But <laughs> very important because no doubt our listeners out there, I think a lot more people are watching TV shows. Yeah. I do think. I think it's easier. It's, you know, you don't have that commitment. You can watch an episode, go to bed. It's so much easier. I actually sat down and watched Jackie Brown the other night, which is a Tarantino film. Two hours, 40 minutes. Yeah. But I I was watching it for some research that I was doing. So I was like, I'll watch this because I need to watch it. But yeah, it's it's interesting to think that we would sit down and watch those films. And we still kind of do if we're in the I mean, I I did watch um, the final episode of Stranger Things and that was like two and a half hours long. So film length. It Plus was filming, yeah. So <laughs> we, we finally finished the whole lot, yeah. Kat and I are watching a, a show that's going to get remade in uh, English, probably by Americans, I'm assuming. It's called Call the Agent. And oh, the French one. Yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot about this. It's in, yeah, it's in obviously all in French. It's subtitled. Mm. Um, so I it's think not, it has been remade already. Has it been remade already. I'm um, pretty sure. But the in France is actually like the actual title in French is ten percent because that's what agents get paid is ten percent. Um, but it's a fantastic show. It's got four seasons and it's just so compelling. And it is it actually like if you want to, um, you know, if you're the kind of person who sits down and watches a TV show and you're there and mm. you're getting distracted by your phone and those kind of things, actually watching a, a foreign language TV show and having to read the subtitles gets you more engaged in the story. So, so it was yeah, really, really good. I agree with you because you have to. You really can't mm. switch away from something no. that is... Subtitle. So um, Kat's just messaged that um, the BBC is doing it ah, and the French version is called uh, Dix Pourcent. Which yeah. is at 10%. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like Bollywood uh, have already made a version. Um, it looks like Italy's doing a version. Well, it must and, be and good the, then if everyone's... The, <laughs> the thing is though, like um, the Dix Pourcent is... Um, if you are a fan of French cinema or French TV, um, 10%. Is that better? Um, sorry. Cat's <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sending me... Chastising um, your, your pronunciation. She's like, not good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so she's my pronunciation coach. <laughs> yeah, my language coach. Um, oh, she said, yes, I got it. 10%. Um, 10%. Yeah, so if you fa- you're a fan of French TV or cinema, you will recognise some of the, mm, mm. yeah. And they're kind of playing versions of themselves, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it kind of is a bit like a, a combination of extras and there was a, a PR show um, that uh, 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 Stephen Fry did, I think it was called Absolute Power, um, 
and it was a, a kind of combination of that. Uh, but it's it's yeah, as I said, they're, they're doing it in different countries. I can't, can't really see them doing it here in Australia, mm. like because if this was a few years ago, it would have just been like all these actors coming in, auditioning for Home and Away and Neighbours, and now that's gone away. And so, yeah, there's no other shows we do. So, um, yeah. It'd be um, really, really we depressing. do a ton of shows, dude. TV shows? Yes. Yeah, yeah. ABC and Where SBS have you been? On Demand um, are full of Australian TV shows. I know. Shows. There's, um, you know, Mystery Road, which came out a few years ago as a film, is, is a TV series on ABC. Really good one, by the way. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's, there's tons of Australian shows. I really need to check out SBS and ABC more often because there's a lot of underrated oh, stuff so that many doesn't gems. actually get released to wider streaming services. So I think I'm going to check out and see what's on there. But there is some good Aussie, Aussie stuff. We watched watch Bluey. Uh, my, my mate Nick um, in, in the UK, he, he suggested that there was a couple of episodes of Bluey that uh, we should watch. Um, that Which we, ones did uh, you watch? He said uh, the, one, <coughs> the onesie one uh, made him cry. Um, yeah, it didn't make me cry. Yeah. So but I, I thought it was like, wow, I, the, the actual um, topic it was dealing with was pretty damn full on it, for it, a kid yep. show. It's like, mm. wow, I can't believe it. Like it was dealing with a, a lady who couldn't have kids. Mm. And I was like, this is something that's going to need a lot of explaining to the children. Why was that person sad? Why was that dog sad? Mm. I think kids understand what they need to understand mm. and they will pick up what they want to pick up um, and... Uh, we watched it with Bryce and, you know, he did say, you know, why is she sad? Mm. And I said, I think because she probably wanted kids and couldn't have any. And he's like, oh, okay. And then that was kind of the end of the conversation. Yeah. Um, they did another episode, the one that makes me cry and a, a lot of my friends with kids, there's one called um, Bum Shuffle. <laughs> so um, Bluey's one of those kids and I've got a friend whose child um, skipped the, the crawling stage and instead of crawling they did a bum shuffle. So um, and Chili, the mum, is feeling really like, you know, what's wrong with my kid and um, she has a conversation with another mum who's had a couple of kids before so she's a little bit more relaxed and because um, it is hard having a first child mm. and she said, you're doing a good job. And it's like, it bra- it's like, oh, my God, I remember those days where you feel like I'm a terrible mother, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, just for somebody else to say you're doing a good job, as, as, a, as a mother, you're just like, oh, gets you in the feels. There's a, I mean, there's so many good episodes. The I other, could go on yeah. about Bluey for the ages. O- the other one we saw was uh, Mr Pig where uh, a, a t- it, was a po- it was a pig, wasn't it? They got lot left at the playground. And yeah, I the, think so. And the youngest of the, the Bluey kids comes along and, like, plays with him and the dad and says, mm. oh, can I take it home, Dad? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, you've got to leave it here because I'm sure the owner will want to come back. And then another kid comes along and the other kid uh, was, um, uh, he, he was deaf and was signing. Oh, that's the turtle episode. Turtle, Mr. Turtle, that's not a pig, it was a turtle. Exactly. We were just talking about that episode yeah. in the car. So, yeah, and so he plays with the turtle and then he says, oh, can I take it home? And the mum goes, no, you can't, you got to leave here, the person will come back. And you just see over uh, successive days the kids coming and playing with this turtle and enjoying their time with the turtle and the parents saying, no, no, you've got to leave it there because, you know, the owner will come back. As you get to see... Oh, I'm like, getting emotional thinking yeah. about the poor turtle alone at the park. 
Why? It's not a real turtle. It's a teddy turtle. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's a, it's, but that's still sad. Yeah, exactly. That, for anyone who grew up with Toy Story, that's you know, all of our toys we know get animated and, mm, uh, and yep. do stuff when we're not around. Um, and so, yeah, but it was, it's great. It's really great storytelling. Like usually kid shows are crap and this is like it's actually got so some real good. substance to it. It's, it's wonderful. And that particular, um, like I, I just dropped Bryce off at my parents' house um, to come and do the show and on our drive here we were listening to Arda um, and she was speaking Italian. So we were talking about that and then he said, um, do people who do sign language uh, also talk? And that conversation has happened because they learn a little bit of sign language at school and also because he's watched that episode from Bluey. And, you know, I explained, you know, some people um, also talk and they sign or they read lips. So, you know, sometimes they've got three ways of talking and we've only got one. So, you know, there's a lot of little... There's just so many good episodes. Mm. You, you need to watch one. Um, there's one called The Grannies and then there's a second one. I'll, I'll find out the name of it where the grannies come back and it's very entertaining. Mm. Honestly, if you don't have kids, it's still ridiculously entertaining because the adults are kind of like us. So, yeah. and if you want something to watch, it's really short. They, they're mm. like five minutes. Seven, seven minutes long. Seven minutes long. Okay. In our life, everything happens in Bluey episodes. How long until we get to Gigi's house? Four episodes of Bluey. How many more episodes of Bluey? Two. How close are we? Half a Bluey episode. <laughs> <laughs> everything in our life is measured by a Bluey episode. But anyway, let's move on. Shall, Shall we, we go um, take a break and then come back and have a chat about some movies? Let's do it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Let's tackle some films. Yes, let's, let's do that. Let's do it. Oh. So we're going to start with a, a new French comedy called The Villa. And this is from the director who bought the classic French trilogy, Would I Lie to You, uh, by Thomas Galau. Now, I've not seen that trilogy but apparently it's very renowned very very good so I might go and check it out but it's a French comedy and it centers on a young man called Milan who he he can't keep a job he's a bit of a misfit living on his friend's couch and he has this altercation in a a supermarket which ultimately leads him to to court and he's given the option of you know, jail time versus volunteer work in a nursing home. So he kind of opts for the nursing home rather than jail, as you probably would. Although I don't know what French jails are like. They might be nice. Yeah, you'd probably get more cheese in a French jail. You, you probably would. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he, he opts for the nursing home and initially he kind of finds it really difficult to bond with the residents there. You know, some of them are kind of conspiring against him. They've got this kind of group that meets up and, yeah, he just finds it quite difficult. But he begins to slowly get to know them and he learns their stories. But... There's also something else that's happening here at this facility, some behind-the-scenes stuff that might not be so good. And it kind of exposes the aged care facilities kind of abuse of elders but mm. in a lighter kind of tone if that makes sense mm. is that even possible yeah it, it's hard but at least it brings that kind of conversation and, and topic to light i think yeah well because in this instance like um you're not dealing with like elder abuse so much as uh taking advantage of the elderly people mm. and it becomes clear like how that is 
happening as the, the, the film kind of unfolds. And it's uh, the, the thing I found about the film was it was so wonderfully paced mm. um, and it was uh, you know, beautifully acted. Um, you know, Gerard Jepardieu's in there. He's playing a, an ex-boxer. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's, he's just like, yeah, you, you believe this guy was in a ring yeah. and was an ex-boxer, but you do question why he's letting himself being taken advantage of in this, in this way, in this movie. Um, but some really interesting um, characters in, in the film. Um, actually, I think uh, one of the actual actress, actresses in the film is also in Call the Agent as well. So oh, there I'm you go. So at least one face I recognise um, from, from that as, uh, as well. But, yeah, all the old people are fantastic really huge personalities yeah and it's one of those ones where it doesn't quite it doesn't make fun of the elderly it kind of makes it it turns the tables a little bit and it's them kind of you know going after the tormentors or or the bad guys in the film so i quite enjoyed it i really liked the ending of this film Mm. i loved the development of um milan as a character it sounded like i said mulan then i meant milan milan uh, I really liked his progression as a character through this film as being this kind of young misfit with, you know, um, m- not much to look forward to and, you know, growing up in an orphanage as well. So he's got, you know, his own struggles and troubles he, too. He was like, um, he grew up in an orphanage, but then his best mate who also grew up in an orphanage is a, like, lawyer, very successful. So you've got this, like, you know, point and counterpoint where you've got this guy who mm. just can't get ahead in life and he's just bumming off his mate who's a successful lawyer. So it's a... Uh, yeah, it's really a, a interesting, like, dynamics going on in this film and having him be uh, afraid of old people at the start of the film um, uh, because of his upbringing with the orphanage and mm-hmm. all the people, like, older people treating him like crap. Mm. And now he's kind of, like, you know, seeing the other side of it. And like, I kind of related to the story in that I, I worked in an old folks' home. So, you know, I got to know a bunch of old people and, like, learn their stories. So it's, uh, yeah, I can, I can see how it can be a good thing for people to, to go and experience that kind of environment. Yeah, I, I just love seeing, you know, a story about someone who, yeah, starts out at one point. Um, you know, with no hope in their life and, you know, they're quite miserable, uh, but then finding a way and, you know, really bonding with some of these residents. And I really enjoyed the story and, yeah, it's well-paced and and really enjoyable and I loved the ending. Yeah, I found it as a a really uplifting film Mm. Uh, and I I left there and I was, like, taking photographs of the posters going, I've got to, like, put this out there that people should see this film. It's just so... It's so good. And is it on the big screen as well? Mm. It's beautifully shot. Yeah, I would have liked... I actually seen this through a screener, but I would have loved to have seen it on the big screen um, because, yeah, I just think it would have been... Because there's lots of colour going on mm. as well in this film. Uh, and, yeah, those those elderly, oh, they're fun. <laughs> I'm not so... Sc- maybe I'm not so scared of um, going into a nursing home. Well, I, I, if you want more sex, there's obviously, you know, well, there's, you know a yeah. lot more sex in the, in the nursing home, apparently. So, you know. Oh, so well, I mean, um, they've got the highest rates of STDs. Got to do something. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. You've got to, you know, there's, just because they're old. Yeah, you've got to have fun. You've got to have fun. There, there's one, one guy called uh, um, Alfred and uh, he's got uh, de- dementia. And uh, so his girlfriend, like, uh, you know, every night she comes in as a different person. And, <laughs> and he's like, it's just, it's a very interesting relationship. It's a very, very yeah. interesting. Uh, I'm going to score this uh, a three and a half birds, as in fingers up. Ah, ha, ha. If you remember, do you remember? Um, 
They you have to explain it to one Flipping the bird. I'm just, I'm, it's I'm the scene it. at the beginning when he's at the supermarket oh, and the little old lady is yes, like standing behind yes. and this, she's it's like, got, hmm. It's got the, uh, <laughs> the, the most weird kind of opening scene. But, well, yeah, when, when the old cash happens, it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I really just, enjoyed that opening though. It mm. kind of set the tone for the film and you knew it was going to be enjoyable yes, uh, going yeah. forward. So I really liked. I felt bad for him though because that old lady was such a little meanie. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, give it uh, five PlayStations. Oh, wow. You really enjoyed I, this film. I totally enjoyed this film. Like, I was just, like, I love, um, Keeve Adams plays <clears throat> uh, Milan. He's he's brilliant. Um, Omar Mibuk plays his, his best buddy. Um, as I said, all the, the, the elderly actors were fantastic. Um, it was just the a perfect story so mm. i just i thought it was great and I, I that's why i think people should go and see it because it's just really good and this is called the villa mm-hmm. yeah french film um showing now i guess the villa when i first seen it i thought this could be a horror the villa but then it wasn't a horror i just i don't know <laughs> I, I just saw the ad for it like the picture just says it all the two guys playing yeah. playstation together yeah yeah good yeah. stuff Good stuff. What shall we jump on to next, guys? We've got a few films to get through. Well, should we talk about uh, Sundown as well? That's, Let's do it. I don't think we can get too in-depth in that movie. No, we, we can't really. Uh, do you want me to – do you want to do it or do you want me to no, talk? No, you, you do that. Because you're coughing a lot, aren't you? Exactly. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to hold back. <laughs> so I'll people, try and keep it as – uh, condensed, condensed as possible. Well, well I can see that it came out today and it's got Tim Roth and Charlotte Gainsbourg in it. So that's yeah. – what I have to offer. I mean, to be <laughs> honest, the premise is out there, but I, I won't go beyond that. But it does come to us from um, Mexican filmmaker Michael Franco, and people might know his name for films uh, Daniel and Anna, uh, After Lucia or Lucia, but I think it's Lucia. Lucia. In Mexican, um, a new order. So they're not well-known films, but I think if you're a fan of Michael Franco, you'll know all his previous work. Um, I haven't seen lots of it, but you've got Tim Roth who plays Neil. He's a man on vacation in uh, Acapulco. I did not say that right. Acapulco? Acapulco. Acapulco. Anyway, people know. (laughs) Um, And he's with his sister Alice, played by Charlotte Gainsbourg, and her two teenage children. Yep. And um, they're kind of living it up at this posh resort and then Alice gets a phone call um, that their mother has died so she races home. So they rush to the airport uh, to return back to London but Neil doesn't board the plane. He's forgotten his passport. Uh, But then he kind of goes... So he agrees to grab the next flight but then we learn he kind of heads back to this grungy motel and just starts spending time with this woman he's met and we kind of learn he hasn't lost his passport but he doesn't want to return home Mm. and why that's kind of the question of the film and for the audience we're really left following neil as he holds up in this grungy hotel he spends time on the beach with this woman Mm. and for the most part of the film we're left kind of what the hell's going on here he seems like this selfish guy who Mm. just doesn't Mm. want to return for his mother's funeral and kind of Despite the vagueness, it does kind of give us the answers we're looking for at the end. You've just got to be prepared to go on the journey of the film. And I think for me, Tom, Tom, Tim, Tim Roth's performance is probably really the most compelling part. He's very downcast, doesn't speak very much, which kind of adds to the ambiguity mm. of the film because you go, what's going on here? It kind of gives viewers plenty of opportunity to kind of forge their own ideas as to what 
might be happening in this film. I don't know about you, Lewis, but I kind of sat there going, okay, so maybe it's this that's happening. Oh, maybe it's this that's happening. And I'm sure, did you kind of do the same? Yeah, well, exactly. You're, you're trying to figure out what's going on as it's happening. Um, and as you said, he is in every scene. Mm. So it's kind of like one of those films where you're just sitting there watching him act by not doing much. Mm. But it's still not boring it's it's a very interesting kind of story um and then occasionally you'll see um certain things thrown into the scene um and you'll go is that real is that there is it not there kind of thing so it's it's a yeah great story again really concise storytelling as well an hour and 23 minutes um so you know it's just which i i like mm. like i don't mm. think that you know movies necessarily need to be two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. Mm. Like if you can tell your story within an hour and 23 minutes, go to town and do that. And, and that's uh, pretty much what they've done in this, in this movie. So uh, Mikel uh, Franco has done a great job. And um, yeah, I was, I was very, very impressed by this film. Yeah, and I think you're right. At 82 minutes, you can kind of go with it because you do get the answers at the end. And it, it does pay off. Mm. I, I wouldn't say it's the ending I expected. I, I thought... It might have been something else, but I think that's the idea of it is that you're probably going to draw a different... I'm going to draw kind of a different meaning as I'm going through the film thinking that this is going to happen and someone next to me might think that, oh, maybe it's going to be this. But, mm. yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting premise and it's well acted. So I think for a, for a film that's at 82 minutes, it, it really does pay off and it is in the ending. So if you're able to kind of go in and, yeah, just meet the film halfway i think it, it, it's enjoyable enough yeah i just don't think it's a uh, a very good um travel uh promotion for acapulco no i don't think i ever want to go to acapulco no um i, I think it uh, <laughs> doesn't look like a great place <laughs> no no There's one scene in particular that happens i just like holy crap yeah it kind of happens out of nowhere too yeah just on a, on a beach out of nowhere and something just you would not expect happens but i think tim roth's character's reaction neil i should just call him neil and his reaction to that situation was really bizarre mm. i found oh i can't wait to hear what this was <laughs> i just found it really bizarre that he but, like well actually everybody there yeah, reacted which, like it was a normal thing that's uh, that's a scary thing if yeah that's, if that's like a normal thing there's like wow okay <laughs> fine not good acapulco wow yeah no, I enjoyed this film. I wouldn't say it's a you know an award-winning masterpiece of a film, but it, it's 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 a good good ride, I'd say. So I that's uh, it, it's called Sundown again, isn't it? Sundown, it is and that's out. out today. So how many how many um, whatevers are we going to give it? I am going to give it um, three and a half. Oh my god, that's still alive! I'm going to score it three slaughterhouses. Just randomly, while you guys were talking, I was having a look at um, stuff because I always thought that Charlotte Gainsbourg was a French actress mm. and she is. She's also an English actress, so yes. she's Anglo, um, uh, Anglo-French is what they're saying on, on here because um, her mum is a... Um, uh, oh. Well, I know her father's search. Well, yeah. this is what I'm bringing up, is right? It? Um, it, be wrong? it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Serge, uh, Serge Gainsbourg. Gainsbourg. Yeah, yeah. So I had no idea that she was Serge Gainsbourg's uh, uh, daughter. And if you don't know who that is, look up the song Bonnie and Clyde yeah. by Serge Gainsbourg and 
Um, I, I'm sure I'm saying that. It was that a film released a few years and, ago. And uh, Bridget Bardo. About his um, a biography a few years ago <laughs> about him. His music, I quite enjoy his music. Yeah, it's me very, too. Um, yeah. I love that Bonnie and Clyde song. Yeah, it's it's kind of... Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. But um, I like Charlotte Gainsbourg. She's done some, you know, oh, interesting things. And I know that, you know, Nymphomaniac is probably not a great... Not, not that one, but... but um, I still enjoyed her performance in that. I that. love melancholia. Lots yeah. of people don't. I'm not traditionally into that particular filmmaker whose name escapes Lars von Trier. Thank you very much. Oh, have you seen <laughs> Antichrist? She's in Antichrist as well I, with women. I know. I, I haven't seen that. Um, but I I love melancholia. Yeah. It's so strange and unusual and yeah. frightening. Um, but, yeah. Love so is um, Antichrist, but it's not a film I'd ever revisit. I don't no, a lot of people say that. And same I don't think I'd ever oh, revisit. Oh, I've revisited that. Oh, I think I would probably re-watch that, but, yeah, I couldn't re-watch Antichrist or Nymphomaniac. Is it Nymphomania? Or, no, Nymphomania, well, I think. Part one and part two one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I couldn't watch that again. I couldn't watch that again. I didn't finish it the first time. I don't think I ever did either. Um, interesting. Shall we take another yes, break? Yes, let's take a break. <laughs> Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We're back and we've still got more to talk about. Woohoo! We've got two films left, Compartment 6 yeah. and Thor Love and Thunder left to talk about. What shall we tackle? Uh, try to do the, uh, uh, the the first one. Was it compartment? Compartment, compartment six. six. I actually have not prepared any notes for this, so I'm actually just going to talk off the cuff. Oh, that's uh, what I do all do. the time. Uh, well, but uh, this you know I don't ever prepare notes for anything <laughs> at all, ever. I know, we are ever. unscripted, the film show, so I shouldn't really be too... Um, yeah, too picky about it. But this is kind of a, a Finnish and Russian collaboration of a film uh, and it is co-written and directed by uh, Joho Kusaman, whose name definitely is not pronounced that way at all. <laughs> but look, it is what it is. And it is based on a 2011 novel of the same name. But what it is is it kind of centres around... Um, a trip from Moscow to Murmansk. Uh, not not um, Mulan to Minsk. Milan to Minsk. No. No? No. You don't know what reference I'm no, making. No, I feel it's like it's a reference I should Rochelle, shouldn't. Rochelle and her journey from Milan to Minsk. I don't know if it's Milan or not. Sorry, it's a Seinfeld joke. Moving oh, along. Oh, got you. Yeah. Uh, and it centres on a Finnish student who... Uh, whose name is Laura, and she is travelling to Murmansk to see these really interesting um, old architectural things. <laughs> There's a name for them, but I don't want to say it because I'll probably butcher it. The the petroglyphs, petroglyphs. They're these that sounds right drawings that are like ten thousand years old, and wow. you know she's really intrigued by them. And anyway, she goes alone because her 
girlfriend, unfortunately, is too busy doing something else. Um, so she goes alone. And while she's on this train journey, they have these those compartments, you know, mm-hmm. when you take those really long European trips. And she gets kind of put into this one with um, a young man called um, a Russian man who we learn is some kind of miner or builder. He's, he's quite a mysterious person and his name is um, Luke. I think, anyway, there's really difficult names. I, this is why I should have, you know, come it's, prepared it's for this okay. one. But it's the Russian names and the French names and Finnish names. I just can't get off the tongue. Anyway, it's kind of bizarre. They have this interaction at the beginning. You kind of get the impression he's a little bit odd. And you're like, what's he doing? So we know her story. We know she's going somewhere. But we don't really know a lot about him. So he's a little bit mysterious. And... She spends a lot of time trying to avoid him. She spends time in the dining cart away from him and then slowly, uh, but slowly as this trip goes on, they start to talk and it, it's kind of it's kind of a romance but it's kind of not, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So there's this kind of blossoming romance between them and it's an interest. it's very dialogue narrative driven because they're spending a lot of time on the train talking and mm. talking about their lives and their motivations why are they on this train and and things like that there's a few stops along the way where we see them get out and you know do things and meet other people but yeah it, it's really just this story of how two people from you know very different walks of life and I, I used this reference last week when we talked about Ali and Ava, I said mm-hmm. how two people from different walks mm-hmm. of life can meet and, and become friends or more. And it's kind of similar in this situation too. Two people who don't know anything about each other just happen to meet by chance on a train and kind of really enjoy each other's company. And that's the story of mm. of Compartment mm. 6 really. So I don't want to go into too much detail. I mean obviously there's a lot more to the film, more to their conversations, things like that, but that's really it's quite a slow moving film. It is a little bit long. I think they probably could have condensed the film a little bit. Um but you know, look it, it's still worth the watch and it is a subtitled film, so you do have to be engaged while watching it unless you know um Finnish or Russian. Mm. Um but you know so, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed the performances and I think I really enjoyed that story of, yeah, two people who were complete strangers at the start of this trip becoming something more and I think that was quite, you know, unique about this film. And mm. I'm not one for romances or, you know, those kind of... But this feels so authentic because I feel like it's believable. It's not one of those films where you just have two, you know, star-crossed lovers who who meet and fall in love. And, and then there's a conflict and yeah. then they get over and it. And then mm. someone's in the airport running to stop them from boarding. It's mm. not that kind of... It's, it's very real. And it's also... There's some sad parts to the romance too in this because it's two people from different parts, of, you know, life it's probably very likely that they'll never see each other again after Mm. this experience. I mean, it's implied, but it's not necessarily shown that way. So you can kind of, you know, determine or make your own meaning from that. But I think I just enjoyed that. And um, I enjoyed the destination, if you like, pardon the pun. Um, You mean the journey? The journey. Not the destination? I I enjoyed the journey and I liked whether... I liked the destination too. Oh, if that makes okay. sense. That's my. So, <laughs> what are we scoring? <laughs> the compartment the end. six. I liked the end of the film. Oh, very good. Um, I am going to score this a four. Sliding doors. 
Oh, very good. Um, have you guys, um, are you probably not because I think it's only just been released, there is a new trailer for the new David O. Russell film Amsterdam. Um, it's got, so David O. Russell obviously famous for um, Silver Linings Playbook, um, American Hustle, and it's got Margot Robbie, Christian Bale and um, David, uh, sorry, John David Washington in it and they become friends, really tight group of friends, um, I guess in the 20s-ish um, because of some particular circumstances. Um, so people who wouldn't normally become friends come really become really tight friends. And then, so it's set in the 30s, they witness a murder and then they suddenly become like suspects in the murder and then things start to unravel. So it, it looks super good. Sounds- Good. Yeah, yeah, you need to watch the trailer. It looks so good. Is it a it's, drama or a comedy? Well, it's David O. Russell, so there's always going to be a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some comedy in there Maybe because a black comedy. Christi- yeah, Chris- Christian Bale, I believe they must have met in World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a missing eye um, and it pops out and he has to pop it back oh, in gosh. again. So there's a little bit of comedy there. Um, but, you know, other than, you know, Margot Robbie and Christian Bale and, and John David Washington, you You've also got um, Anna Taylor-Joy and Robert De Niro, who, of course, is, is has been in other David O. Russell films as well. You've got a Timothy, you've got Timothy Oliphant looking completely not like himself at all. Um, Zoe Saldana, um, Rami Malek, Michael Shannon, uh, Mike Myers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Chris Rock. Um, so it's it's got a massive cast to it. And I mean, I am a David O. Russell fan. I don't know about you guys, but um, I like his work. What I like can his I say? Work. I, think it's um, good. I don't think people really liked Joy as much as I did. Do you? Did I've you never watch seen Joy? Joy? I've never seen it. Ah, so it's um that's the one with uh, with. Um, I do remember re- reviewing it. It's Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, and she's she invented. She created something. a mop. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's it's an interesting film, and I think that's what I like about David O. Russell because the the films are not quite dramas. They're not quite comedies. They're kind of in between, and I, I think most people will know Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, quite well but yeah mm. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that I'm not too sure exactly when it comes out but that's Amsterdam so I've had time to watch trailers mm. there's a, another film that I've seen a, a trailer for I think it's called The Forgiven it stars um, Jessica Chastain and uh, oh, Ray Fiennes as these uh, a couple who are on I think they're in Morocco and they accidentally it, this is in the trailer so it's not spoiling the film mm-hmm. but they hit somebody Oh. Um, of a of a Muslim culture, and they kind of get kind of held up in Morocco, and there's yeah, obviously the the Muslim community are, are very angry about this happening, and yeah, look, it looks amazing, so I cannot wait to see that film uh, as well. Um, there's so I'm I've been seeing a few. TV shows. Um, I I've been waiting to get Apple. Um, what's it called? Apple TV? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been waiting until I watched a few more things on Stan and binge, delete them and then get um, Apple. 
but I couldn't wait any longer. I've I I got it again so I could um, catch up on physical. Have you been watching physical the the mm-hmm. season two? Yeah. So uh, this is the one with Rose Byrne in it, where she is the eighties aerobics instructor, basically who who um, makes aerobics it brings it into the house basically mm. on video on VHS um so watching the second season of that I binged every episode that was out I and so now I have to wait I binged I... season one actually so I'm excited season mm. two it is quite complex too she's very troubled as, oh, as it's a person. very interesting very interesting I, I would love to hear that theory. Um, but uh, so I've been watching that and then I watched the first episode of Loot, which has got Maya Rudolph and, um, oh, what's his name? Why does his name always escape me? Adam Scott. Um, so basically they he's a super rich uh, billionaire who's like um, created some kind of He's a tech wizard basically. Mm. So he and his wife have got money coming out the wazoo. But he cheats on his wife and they get a divorce. She gets tons of money and then she's like, what am I doing with my life? Um, I know um, I'm going to go and work at this foundation that we created that I didn't realise existed. And she put she kind of puts a bit of a spanner in the works because she doesn't know what she's doing really. So it, it's got Maya Rudolph in it. So it's going to be a comedy. Um, so I watched the first episode of that and was quite entertained looking forward to watching a few more episodes of that and I know Severance is on there have you watched Severance that's another Adam Scott TV show Severance oh I've seen the um the trailer to this and it yeah it looks like a very kind of it's um, like where half of you is at work yeah and then when you finish work you don't remember that life outside and yeah bizarre yeah, I started watching an episode and I know I shouldn't have because Chris wants to watch it with me, but I got about 10 minutes in and I'm like, I'll, I'll have to come back to this because I don't know that I'm in the right headspace to understand this headspace that I need to be in. <laughs> it was it was very bizarre, but, you know, people are banging on about it and mm. about how good it is. And we've got Prime, which we've had for ages that I've never watched anything on because I just never think to. Um and I can see I've got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Like I made a huge – I sat there last night and added stuff to my list, like all of these TV shows and like, okay, so what came out in 2022 that I need to watch? <laughs> and, of course, I've got four seasons of Ma- uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to watch. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's too much stuff. Way too, too much. much content. Too much content. There's a film I, – I got rid of my stand, but I want to get stand now because there's a film called um, – I think it's Nude – Tuesday, yes. uh, which have, I don't know if you guys know. It's, no, no, it's, it's um, a film. Um, it's, uh, it's Jermaine Clement is yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's so good because I basically it's all done in gibberish, but it's uh, subtitled by comedian Julia Davis, who I I love Julia Davis. So I am so excited to see. I want to jump on just for that. And apparently but, they're going to get other people to subtitle it as well. So you you, get a, you watch it several times, you'll see a completely different film. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Basically, it's all gibberish, and yeah, you just I think different comedians come in and subtitle it. So you, what you don't really know what? Yeah, I mean, you'll get a different story each time for sure. So you, I think, you know why I thought it was Australian because it's got um, Damon Harriman in it. Ah, he's an Australian, he's an Australian actor. actor. Yeah. Well, we should probably take another break and then come back and talk about Thor: Love and Thunder. Yes, mm. we should. Best to last, eh? Cecilia was like away with the fairies then. Um, And she's like, oh, it's it's over. We need to be back on air with microphones on and talking. Whoops. I forgot to play the sweeper too, which tells people that you are listening to Unscripted. You're listening to Unscripted. 
The Film Show. Thanks, Rachel. Here on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Or you could be listening to the podcast. Join our podcast network, The Gentlemen of Pop Culture, where you can listen to Disney stuff with Diz Down Under, Tangany stuff with Tangent City, <laughs> and unscripted the film show where basically these three idiots are idiots. Too, too damn excited. Like, uh, uh, actually, talking about unscripted the film show, sorry, talking about Diz Down Under, uh, after Thor, after Thor, after Cat and I saw Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> After <last> Thor. <laughs> Uh, we came home and did a uh, quick Diz Down Under because we didn't do one on the weekend. Cause I spoiler app. Sick as. No, no, no. No? No, no spoilers. No, no, no. Because it's too far too early for spoilers mm. on uh, like any of the mainstream shows. We will do one on uh, Tangent City at some point. But for the moment, no, it's all, um, all spoiler free. So no spoils on this review. So Thor Love and Thunder, this is the fourth of the Thor films. Uh, he has, of course, been in the Avengers films as well. Fourth of the Thor. Four try, and, try, and, try and say that four, four. four tem- times um, fast. I can't even say four times fast. And this is the, the second time that Taika Waititi has been the, uh, the director of the film, being that Thor Ragnarok was uh, his first crack at it, uh, which was an exceptional film. Very high bar to mm, clear. Indeed. you have such a exceptional movie. Because Kat and I rewatched Thor... Ragnarok before we watched uh, Love and Thunder and it is a still great entertaining movie uh, introduces Tess Thompson as Valkyrie um, introduces us to is Korg it Korg uh, not Krunk <laughs> Just as Korg. Um, it does have the uh, notable, notable um, exception of uh, Natalie Portman being in the film, which is the first Thor film she wasn't in, but she features very heavily in Love and Thunder. Indeed. Now. Thor, Love and Thunder takes place after Avengers Endgame. So Thor is off travelling the universe with the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, or as Guardians of the Galaxy. You see what I did there? I put as in front of it and it became as Guardians. Oh, uh-huh. No, I didn't see it. Thank did, you very much. Did you miss that in Endgame as well? Because that's what he did. I probably did, didn't, did. <laughs> but I just definitely did then. Fair enough. Um, so in this film, uh, the the... It's um, Christian Bale's Gore the God Butcher is the, the villain of the piece, right? And they do a, a beautiful job of setting him up and giving him a reason for wanting to kill all the gods in the known universes. Um, and it's a... Uh, That's it's, harsh. It's very relatable though. Like when you... When you, <laughs> when you watch, I'm like, huh? When you, when you watch it, like it's a, the, the way they open the film... Um, yeah, you go, yeah, I understand where he's coming from. I can see... I mean, they're very good at this. Yeah, yeah. Because you think about, um, you know, Mr Th- Thanos. Thanos. Mr Thanos, did you like my, my version <laughs> of I've got... It's like, I'm wearing a big glove it's and either, I'm going to snap my fingers. It's either Thanos or you're a German with a stein of beer. Oh. One or the other. <laughs> or Thanos or with a stein of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you could understand where he was coming from at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's what they need to do. Like, you've got to, like, to have a good villain... You've got to relate to them on some level. and mm-hmm. uh, but, but to get like a person like an actor like Christian Bale is fantastic. Mm. This guy is in there just like making the most of every scene that he's in. It's just, it's really, it's really great to watch him act. It's just, mm. you know, we've seen him as Batman where he's like, you know, reserved and stuff like that. Here he is so sinister. Like as sinister is. as his role in American Psycho. No, more so. Even oh. more, even more sinister, more creepy. There's some real, you know, because I was saying that Doctor Strange was going to be the first like Marvel horror film, but this one's got a lot of creep factor to it as well. Oh, really? I creep mean, factor. You see the um, 
the trailer and the trailer's all you know light and bright and like yay yay Taika Waititi um, but there's also some real dark elements to this movie as well um, and it was uh, yeah it's it's Christian Christian Bale is just the greatest foil like Gore, Gore the God Butcher was brilliant I mean you got this character who is literally a god and he's got to try to list the, the other gods to try to come to his aid to defeat this guy that's wiping them out and it's just uh, it's just fantastic but at the same time you got Natalie Portman who's come in as the mighty Thor <laughs> Mjolnir is back uh, although he's all cracked up it's all cracked up and uh, he's got a slightly new power as well which is pretty cool um, and uh, yeah it's just uh it's it's a good instalment, but does it live up to the expectations of Ragnarok? I don't think it achieves those lofty heights, but it is still a really, really good film. Um, I'm just not sure with this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where they're headed. Like, you know, because in the Avengers movies, um, in the original ones, they're kind of always aiming towards Thanos. They're mm. aiming towards mm. Endgame, Infinity War, that kind of stuff. Whereas... Now I've seen now like um, you know Spider Man uh, No Way Home. Uh, I've seen Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Um, now I've seen Thor: Love and Thunder. Still not getting a vibe of cohesiveness mm. in the movies. So so I'm wondering you know maybe this is this phase is just going to be like a bunch of standalone films which don't have any crossovers that's, that we're gonna is going to happen. I think I mean I I can't speak for everybody, but I feel <laughs> like. Um, Marvel has flooded the market to a point where I'm sort of sick of it. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of things that I haven't watched and part of that is because there's almost too much content and it's like, relax, guys. Like, well, they just got so excited that everyone was excited for it and mm. now I think it's just too much. They, they could mm. possibly take their foot off the accelerator a little bit because, um, I mean, that's the thing is like as a uh, comic book fan... When you were, uh, well, I was collecting comics, you know, in the 90s and stuff like that, the, all the comics were based on a history that at that point in time was like 40, 50 years old. Mm. Uh, and, and now with the movies, uh, the, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe now is, is based on a continuity that started in 2008 with Iron Man. Mm. And so anyone new coming in now is kind of like, you know, got to have an understanding of what's happened before to in, enjoy these movies. And um, that's too much to ask of people. It's a yeah, lot. But, mm. uh, but that being said as well, there, there is, because of streaming services and stuff, like that, being able to catch up with it is a fairly cheap proposition compared to what it used to be in the past. I mean, it is, but I think the fact that there is just so much content in general, it makes it very hard to... to I think I've got three TV shows to catch up on and uh, I think three films to catch up on. There's also Star Wars stuff I'm supposed to be catching up on as well. It's just like I just don't have enough time. I feel like, I feel like I've got... FOMO all the time because mm. there's just so much. But, yeah, but as far as um, Thor goes, because uh, I know we're running out of time and I've got to wrap this up, uh, if you do want to get a, a slightly longer review of it, do go to Diz Down Under uh, that we're going to put out. It's either out or it's coming out today. Uh, and Kat and I do, I think it's like a 12-minute review or something like that. But I had to get wrap it up quickly because... Sorry, you've still got about two, no, no, three no, minutes? No, 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 last night. Oh, I, I thought you meant last night. I was like... Because uh, <laughs> we wanted to watch Ms Marvel as well because that dropped last night as well, mm. so, which is very good. Fifth episode, it was awesome. Um... But yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder. It's you know, Chris Hemsworth is fantastic. I mean, he really is more funny Thor these days, and he's doing a great job of it. Uh, Natalie Portman is uh, Jane Foster is 
a heartfelt storyline and it's um, her as the Mighty Thor is really cool uh, to see her in that role. Like, it's a role from the comics and it's interesting to see it uh, in real life. Tessa Thompson as King Valkyrie is, uh, you know, still fantastic. Taika Waititi as Korg brings it all back again. Uh, Russell Crowe as Zeus just, uh, you know, put on his best Greek accent. Um <laughs> He could have been selling you some. I kind of worry about Russell Crowe and mm-hmm. his accents. No, no, he could be. He, right? he could have okay. been selling you some uh, some some furniture in Melbourne. It's uh, <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. As mm. Jamie Alexander's back as as Sif. You do see the guys of the galaxy briefly. They're really only at the very uh, the very start of the film. Um, but no, it's it's a great film. Uh, it's going to be you know you you're going to love it. Um, and uh, if you're uh, yeah, stay around, stay around for the after credit scenes. There's one just directly after the first lot of credits uh, and then there's one at the very end. Both are well worth watching. The first one, you're going to fall out of your seat when you see it. Am I? You are. Um, and, uh, That's exciting. Yeah. It's uh, due to who it is. Well, not, the character, you'll probably just, you won't really care about that much, but the person who's playing the character, uh. I think you're just going to be going, oh, my God. Oh my God. That was what that was what I was like. I was going, that's some good damn casting. Well done, Marvel. Um, so yeah, mm. it's uh, Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. I am going to give that um, four lightning bolts. But Kat um, had her score that she wanted me to say as well, and she wanted me to say it gets five lightning bunnies. Five lightning bunnies. Mm. I hope that's exactly what I think it is, and little bunnies. <laughs> going everywhere that instead of farting they they have lightning coming out of their butt oh my god but like not dangerous lightning and not smelly oh my god i love bunnies (laughs) i love bunnies oh my goodness well do we have anything else we want to wrap up with before we wrap up wrap up no i think we're good come join us next (laughs) no we're right mate no we're good we're good mate um join us next week Uh, i think we've got a elvis did anyone else see elvis Oh, she did. Yes. She loved it. Uh, I love. Okay, I would love to hear your thoughts before we do go. I um. Gosh, loved- I hope you got a really short yeah. song. Yes. So I loved every minute of this film. It didn't feel like two hours and forty minutes at all to me. It was perfect. I thought it was great. It was a great villain piece. Like you know, I heard t- Colonel Tom Parker was a prick, but mm. really, I'd never uh, you know known that much about him. Yeah, giant a hole. Yeah, to see the way he manipulated Elvis over his life, and to think if he wasn't around, if somebody else was his agent, would we have still got Elvis for a lot longer? And what mm, yep. kind of Elvis would we have got? And that's the thing, because he wanted to be a movie star. Yeah. But he, he wasn't because he was just thrown into to singing. But, I mean, I'm grateful for that too because he's I loved this film so much. And it is, you know, a Baz Luhrmann film through and through. But I liked that and I thought it was... I thought um, it was more Baz... Like, I thought it was more Baz at the front, but mm. at the end it was more... It could have been anyone. Yeah, definitely yeah. Baz at the front with those real fast camera movements. Mm. It's very eccentric. But, no, I loved every minute of this film and I gave it a five. Um, when I... I gave it five something. I can't remember. Five Cadillacs. Five, five. Cadillacs. I yeah, gave it. I'd probably give it uh, four and a half. Um, look at his crotch because there was a lot of that looking at his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually. Thanks. There was. Um, we join us on the Gentlemen of Pop Culture uh, website, and you can um, navigate to different shows of ours and like, rate, review, all of that jazz. Um, yeah. And yeah. Join us next week. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.